to welcome back for part three of our lecture series on interstitial lung diseases. Again, my name is Elizabeth Wine. I'm one of the thoracic radiologists here at Hopkins. Um, so on this lecture, we're going to talk a little bit about nonspecific interstitial pneumonias. And again, when we look at the overlap of um, interstitial lung disease, NSIP or the nonspecific interstitial pneumonias really overlap with a lot of the other histologies, which makes it very confusing for radiologists and pathologists to come up with a final diagnosis in many cases. But on the true, um, the differential diagnosis for non or NSIP, of course we have the idiopathic forms, but it is often, most often caused by a collagen vascular disease. Um, drug toxicities can also cause it occupational exposures. And in chronic hypersensitivity pneumonitis, we do see NSIP type histologies on pathology. Clinically, the idiopathic form tends to be in younger patient or a younger patient population than we see with um, IPF. Usually, somewhere in their 40s to 50s. Um, there's no association with smoking, and it's usually an equal gender distribution. Um, but we see NSIP histology more commonly overall in women because of its relation with collagen vascular diseases. So just a little bit about the pathology of NSIP and how it differs, differs from UIP is that we see more of a temporal and spatial homogeneity within the lungs, whereas with a UIP type pattern, we see a lot of heterogeneity. There's usually a relative absence of honeycombing, and there are varying degrees of inflammation. Um, more recently in the literature, we've talked more about the different types of pathologic um, histologies, including cellular, mixed, and fibrotic. Usually the cellular form, we have more of a cellular infiltrate into the lungs, more of the fibrotic form, we have more fibrin and end-stage fibrosis. So it's usually the cellular NSIP that um, responds to therapy because it's pre-fibrotic stages, and then there's, of course, the mixed histology. Looking at the radiology of NSIP-type histologies, typically um, it is a bilateral process, but it can be asymmetric, whereas UIP tends to be a little more symmetric. The idiopathic form tends to be more lower low predominant, but can involve the entire lung, and it commonly we see it along bronchovascular bundles, um, and it can be peripheral, but we often see one of the classic features called subpleural sparing, um, which if you look at the image on the right, you can almost see that there's a little bit of sparing of the periphery. But in this image, we see that there is a lower low predominant ground glass um, appearance with relative subpleural sparing. So again, the distribution in NSIP, as on these images, we see it's more of a lower low predominant process, often has ground glass opacities along bronchovascular bundles. Oftentimes we see a little bit of bronchiectasis under it. And then we see that, especially in the um, image on the upper right and the lower image, there is relative subpleural sparing. We don't see the definite honeycombing that we normally see with a UIP type histology. Parenchymal findings we often see with NSIP include ground glass opacities, reticulations, um, traction bronchiectasis, and oftentimes we do see consolidations, which is something that we don't usually see with a UIP type histology. And when we do see consolidations, sometimes there is the overlap syndrome where we see an NSIP and an organizing pneumonia type histology, which is mixed. 
So when we look at reticulations within the lungs, um, we see on the image on the left, there are some peripheral areas of linear reticulation extending to the um, periphery, especially in that right lung base. But again, we see that this, this image, um, nice idiopathic at SIP, has a lot of underlying bronchiectasis and ground glass, but we don't see the extensive reticulation that we normally see with UIP, and we see a relative absence of honeycombing. So this does not look like your typical UIP-type histology. Again, with NSIP, you can get ground glass and bronchiectasis, just another great example of areas of lower low predominant ground glass that center around the bronchovascular bundles, areas of subpleural sparing, and relative absence of honeycombing. You can get some areas of more dense consolidation, which is where you get that overlap with organizing pneumonia. And on these images, you can see that we definitely have areas where there's more concentrated ground glass consolidation around bronchovascular bundles. And oftentimes when we see that, we see underlying bronchiectasis within the areas of consolidation. But again, um, in the lung bases on the image on the right, you do see a little bit of reticulation, but relative sparing of the periphery. So with NSIP, just like with UIP, there are features that we that when we see them, we kind of steer away from an NSIP-type histology. One of them is an, if it's an upper low predominant process. Another one is if we see extensive honeycombing. Um, usually we don't see that with NSIP. If you see areas of just dense consolidation, um, like the image on the upper right, we... Um, you oftentimes, it can be that overlap case, but we begin to think a little more of an organized pneumonia type pattern. We don't usually see discrete ground glass nodules with NSIP as a dominant feature. Um, so if we see mostly nodules, we steer away from it. We shouldn't see a lot of air trapping or mosaicism, and oftentimes you don't see cyst with NSIP. So when we're trying to make our decision on whether um, something is UIP or NSIP, this is a great case. So this is what we're, we commonly encounter when we see a request. We see something that says someone has a restrictive lung disease and do these images look like a UIP or an NSIP type pattern? And if we look at them, there's not a lot of great features or defining features on any of these, but we do see that there is a little bit of peripheral ground glass. There's a little bit of lower low predominance. Um, can't really tell if there's any subpleural sparing. There might be a f some reticulation, especially in that image on the left lower portion of these images and there's no real honeycombing. So if you had to put this in something, you'd probably say, well, this looks more like an NSIP, but they did a wedge biopsy on this and this is UIP. And so this is, this is where we see a lot of frustration among radiologists, pulmonologists, and pathologists because sometimes the imaging features don't always match up with what we classically think. So going on to some of the secondary causes of NSIP, as I mentioned before, collagen vascular diseases, drug toxicities, ox occupational exposures, and hypersensitivity pneumonitis can all lead to NSIP-type histologies. Um, NSIP in general, when we talk about collagen vascular diseases, um, is the most common histology over UIP. So even though we often classically talk about UIP and scleroderma, it's much more common with a scleroderma patient to have an NSIP type histology. 
the only um, collagen vascular disease that tends to have more frequency of a UIP type pattern, ironically, is RA, or rheumatoid arthritis. And lung disease, um, interestingly enough, in most of the collagen vascular diseases is the major cause of mortality. So even on people who are asymptomatic, who have um, prolonged bouts with collagen vascular disease, they're always very cognizant of looking for underlying interstitial lung diseases. So this is a great example of a 38-year-old woman with known scleroderma. Her heart's a little big. We see a little bit of ground or a little bit of opacity in her lung bases. We don't see definitely a lot of traction bronchiectasis. On the areas on CT scan, we have one that's um, the image on the left is supine, and the image on the right is prone. And we see that there is some ground glass opacity, kind of extends to the periphery, relative subpleural sparing, absence of honeycombing. This was um, a scleroderma patient. And we also look for some of the secondary signs, including a dilated esophagus. And this patient, ironically, also had a pleural effusion, which you can sometimes see with scleroderma, but you more often see it with lupus. Another example of, this is a 31-year-old woman with polymyositis. This has more of the consolidation of bronchovascular um, appearance of the NSIP type histology, lower low predominant. We've got bronchovascular consolidations with underlying bronchiectasis, areas of relative subpleural sparing. This would have features more consistent with NSIP, um, but we'd also throw on the differential. This could be an, an overlapping OP or organizing pneumonia case. Another example of a 44-year-old woman with polymyositis. This one has a little less bronchiectasis, but again, lower low predominant nonspecific ground glass opacities with relative sparing of the periphery. So it doesn't matter um, whether NSIP is caused um, by a collagen vascular disease or whether it's idiopathic in nature? And the answer truly is probably yes, it does. Unlike with UIP, if you have an IPF history, IPF diagnosis, you've got a very grim um, morbidity and mortality. With the idiopathic form of NSIP, they actually have a slightly better prognosis than those um, with NSIP related to collagen vascular disease, which is the opposite that we see with a UIP type histology. So then finally, we'll talk about the NSIP outcomes. Um, and so with NSIP, oftentimes they tend to respond more to steroids than the UIP type pattern. Um, and so there's the potential for improvement, for progression, or an acute exacerbation. So with improvement in NSIP, this is a nice example of someone who had on the left image, they had an NSIP type histology, again, that ground glass opacity with relative sparing of the periphery um, and no honeycombing. After dosing with steroids, we see that the ground glass opacity has somewhat decreased. This would be more suggestive that there is a cellular component of the NSIP versus just the end-stage fibrotic form or stages. Understanding that once you have deposition of fibrin in the lung, it's difficult to recover the fibrosis and turn the lung back into normal appearing lung. So once there's there's significant fibrosis, you can get rid of the ground glass, but a lot of the fibrotic features remain. With an acute exacerbation of NSIP, just like with um, UIP, there's a small subset that a subset of patients that will have an accelerated form of their um, NSIP. They have 
um, basically a diffuse alveolar damage that causes accelerated fibrosis. And it has been shown that um, when you see this in someone with UIP, the prognosis is very grim. If they have the idiopathic form of NSIP and have an acute exacerbation, they actually do much better than somebody who has a collagen vascular disease um, who undergoes um, an acute exacerbation. Their mortality rate tends to be much higher. So finally, we're just going to talk about the radiology versus pathology again. As I said before, there's a lot of inner observer variability, and um, the American Thoracic Society actually recommends in the ideal clinical setting that radiology and pathology and the pulmonologist all sit down together to clinically come up with a diagnosis um, of what type of fibrosing interstitial lung disease a patient has. This concludes the third portion of our talk on interstitial lung disease. On our fourth um, and final uh, lecture on the interstitial lung diseases, um, we're going to breeze through um, the other types of interstitial lung disease and kind of bring everything together. Thanks for listening.